Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On the viewpoint. We will read the messages that came through in the first hour or in the conversations up to this point a little later. But right now, Mr. Mklanganisi Matlongolwana, who is no stranger to this show and other media platforms, very much somebody who understands the SMME space, and he can tell us without any particular prompt. Mklanganisi, good evening. Thanks for your time. SMMEs countrywide, they are suffering. What don't we know that we should? evening my friend i hope everyone's doing well it's been a while um look it's a difficult time um not only do i understand the landscape i've had a few couple of failed businesses but even then i would have preferred to fail then where there was a market that had consumer confidence um that had a landscape that we could operate in (laughs) and that had active value chains what we're seeing now of course is unprecedented um, in that we've never had to live through a lockdown of the country, which has affected quite substantial number of value chains. In fact, global value chains, and that's just an effect on the SMMEs. I must, however, say that SMMEs are, of course, the hardest hit. Mm. That's that's at an extent uh, because a lot of the SMMEs are the ones that have the lower cash flow reserves, that have a weaker relationship within the, the sort of value chains in which they are supplied um, raw materials or input. Um, and they're the ones actually that are making the hardest decisions currently, and the hardest decisions is letting go of people. I was speaking to a friend of mine whose company's board I sit on, um, and we were thinking about the strategy for what the 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 post-COVID-19 business looks like. And he said something very chilling. He says, look, man, if there is still a business, post this thing. But I must say a lot, and I think this is where it becomes important for the country as a whole, is that the disproportionate amount of of impact that's going to hit uh, uh, SMMEs is going to be at the jobs level. And that's actually where we should all be worried about because paying salaries is the biggest concern for many small business owners currently. So it's going to be a catastrophic, in fact, not going to be, it is quite a catastrophic ripple effect, one that, of course, we're going to probably only see towards the end of the year. Let's talk about government's communication, Um, not necessarily the lockdown levels and the implications thereof, just how government has been able to communicate its message. Too many people, in my view, are speaking. You don't have one coherent message. They've just confirmed the government spokesperson now in Mama Williams. At times you have Mr. Mtembu speaking. At times you have the president speaking. At times you have um, Zuma speaking. And then by the time they are done with these press conferences, then they have to enact these regulations and it takes a couple of days. What is impact does that have on somebody who wants to know if whether or not their store can open tomorrow if the rest of their products on their shelves can be sold when so many people are speaking and when they speak the law itself is not available as at that time it still has to be written down or promulgated and somehow gazetted it before it is accessible so that one can engage the law enforcement officers who come knocking on their doors or the compliance officers who come knocking on their doors mm-hmm. and saying, you are not supposed to be doing what you are doing. And yet a couple of nights ago, the president or whoever is 
at that time speaking on behalf of government said they could, and but there isn't a piece of paper to back that up. Tell mm. us about the impact of just the poor administration of government's communications to this point. So, so Pungale, and I think one thing that would actually be interesting is that if you look, and I'll take you a step back, is that if you look at 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 some of the frustrations that people have had in general around policy uncertainty, um, businesses always cried about policy uncertainty, and this is at the time where we didn't have a deadly disease running around, and a lot of the the issues around policy uncertainty are, of course, one, the fact that we have many we have many policy positions in South Africa, especially when it comes to government, um, as per the department, which makes the regulatory environment very tricky because you're not actually sure whether or not you're breaking the law at any specific period. Precisely. I think that, of course, could have been done much better. I, I, I would, I would call for a bit of patience when it comes to government and. The, the concept of, of, of communication as yet, because one is this is something that we're all beginning to live through, so they couldn't necessarily have planned for a pandemic. That's the first thing. But what it does do from a business point of view, and it's just sort of my view of the world, is that it places squarely the regulatory environment as a central tenant of what affects our ability to to generate revenues as small businesses. So this then means that you don't know, and you, as you rightly say, you don't know when you need to open a store, when you can close the store, what happens to the store, when people can come back and when people cannot come back. And those things ultimately affect consumer confidence. And I think that's actually the bigger trigger here, is that because there's some level of uncertainty and a level of confusion with regards to perhaps regulations, or there's a lag between announcement and regulations, you find that consumer confidence is actually quite low, or better yet, a lot of businesses are then overwhelmed by demand, especially if you're in what we would call traditionally thin trade businesses, unless, Mm. of course, you're bigger ones that, 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 that have access to information. So what you then see in a setup like that is that because consumers are not necessarily sure about their landscape, the best thing right now is to just not spend money. And when you don't spend money, you're not buying from the people that you would traditionally buy for, be it big or small businesses. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate part in this exercise, and I was saying to a friend um, and, and to this friend of mine this afternoon, is that the unfortunate part of this whole thing is that the people who are going to be the biggest beneficiaries of the COVID-19 pandemic, the people who are going to be the biggest beneficiaries of the job losses, or rather the the losses in the small businesses, will be the bigger organizations, the oligarchs, as I call them, who actually carry cash flows, who carry cash reserves, who have institutional relationships that will allow them, one, to ride the wave, mm-hmm. to capture the market that has now become available because it's become impossible for small businesses to handle to handle um, the costs and, and the liabilities that they carry. So it is very important for us, especially from a government communications point of view, is that once you make a commitment to some regulation, to actually carry through that regulation as quickly as possible, because it affects operating environment, 
operating environment, which is very important for the health and sustainability of small businesses in general. You know, you mentioned something which we should probably talk about, and I'm going to hopefully get a call from somebody at home right now just to engage you and your thoughts on that. Otherwise, it's Oh, it's 0614-104-107. That's a WhatsApp facility. The line to call is 891 A couple of minutes left with Ms. Demplanganisi Matlongolon. You talked about the fact that big businesses somehow can ride out the wave through facilities yeah. they have with their suppliers. The distribution and supply chain in this country as a result of COVID-19 or from COVID-19 has increased and the Competition Commission is trying by its level best to attend to that. But the reality is when you don't enjoy buying power, you are less in a position to engage credit facilities. Yes. More especially when you don't have certainty as to your gains because you're in an industry perhaps that will only open in level two or level one. I'm talking to you now as an SMME. How how do you engage? How how do you engage your potential clients? How do you engage your suppliers? What are the conversations taking place there? Knowing that whatever you were buying this time last year is that much more expensive, not only because of inflation, but because of COVID especially. You also don't enjoy the kind of credit facilities because of your limited bargaining power and buying power. And also the fact that you're, well, not really in a position to collaborate because perhaps a partner of yours before COVID has now gone bust. Yeah. So, And you see, what, what what's important, Bungane, and I think it's something that that I would like to leave listeners with, ultimately... Ultimately, when we look at running a business, it's actually pulling a balancing act between all of those factors that you just highlighted. That actually is a sustainable business. Mm. So you are able to source um, sustainably and cheaply whatever raw materials or inputs at the one end of the value chain, and you're able to move them through your value chain with logistics, be it partnerships or store prices, or store or shelf space in big retail stores and you have a customer that's willing to buy. Those are the three key critical things that you need to look at. Now, that balancing act then affects what you mentioned, which is, of course, your, your, your credit facility. Now, whatever credit facility is handed to anyone, is handed to anyone, in fact, be it an individual or a business, by the way, is given to you on the basis that you have the ability to ultimately pay pay it back. Now, the reality currently is that a lot of the small businesses that have credit facilities cannot service them anymore. That's why, for instance, once again, um, uh, a lot of small businesses that I've interacted with and small business owners that I've interacted with have run to get the access to the funding. I think it's about 2 billion rand that was made available to fund small small businesses to keep them afloat. A lot of those facilities are either just oversubscribed or a lot of those facilities are just not reaching the businesses as quickly as possible. Now, that becomes very important because it's a cash flow exercise. Mm. And from a cash flow exercise, you cannot, of course, um, one, maintain and service the commitments you'd made before as a business. And this is pre-COVID. No one plans for a global pandemic. And those are currently what 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 affect what are affecting small businesses. Bungane, I must say, is that times of crisis are interesting in two ways. Times of crisis are devastating in that they will devastate a lot of small businesses. 
a lot of businesses are just not going to be able to come back, especially businesses who have, of course, your high overheads, um, your high costs of operation, mm. that are pe- perhaps high facilities. But times of crisis, and I must say this, uh, it would be imprudent of me not to, times of crisis are also a good opportunity to actually step back and look at how efficiently you've been managing all of those those factors into the business, where you get your materials, how you process your material, also how you sell or who you sell. Yeah, for sure. So those businesses who have the opportunity to step back and survive must definitely reconfigure their business currently because this then means a couple of things. One is that you have an, you come out with a business that's way more efficient, albeit less less profitable because of a decimated market, or you have a business that won't survive once we're trying to recover because you've kept the same bad fundamentals. Those are the issues that then become critical from a business point of view. In terms of credit, and I think this is where it becomes interesting, in terms of access to credit, we're going to see a lot of defaults. And this is why, for instance, the Reserve Bank has been very, um, I guess, aggressive in bringing down the the prime lending rate because you want to make sure that Mm. the cost of debt is as, as low as possible whilst not collapsing financial institutions, but also ensuring that the people who've actually taken out credit are able to service that debt in one way or another. Yes, sir. That is where the biggest challenge is going to be, is it is finding that balance, and it's ultimately a balancing act we all have to make sense of currently. I'm going to ask you one final question, and if I can ask you to limit your response to 30 seconds, difficult okay, as that sure. might be. To the extent that they... There will be casualties. There are those who have already fallen through the cracks. There are those who are holding on by the skin of their teeth, and there are those who don't know it yet but will fall through the cracks. Those are still people who've got the skill, the experience, and who understand their respective markets. How can the South African economy absorb those persons? Mm. We'll have to restructure the South African economy um, if we're going to to absolve anyone actually going forward. I think the COVID-19 pandemic, and once again, it doesn't look like that right, right, right now, but it's actually exposed a lot of the fault lines in how our economy is structured. Right now, the only people at the center of benefiting are the people that have actually carried institutional money, that have carried institutional networks, and those are the ones that are, come, are gonna come out at the end of the value chain or at the end of the crisis. In terms of jobs, we're going to have to look differently at what we deem to be jobs. I think that's a whole show on its own, what we deem to be jobs going forward, considering that people are obviously going to hire in specific ways. You're going to have a lot of part-time work, if work at all, and we're going to see a very big working poor. So I think that's going to be a show on its own, Pungane. I would not be doing it justice in 30 seconds, but you must be willing to embrace change mm-hmm. and be creative. Sure. No, I've got you, Mtangani. No, I've got you. I've got to go. But I think you've successfully lobbied yourself to return on our show <laughs> on Hashtag Business on Wednesday. 2131, let's take a very, well, let's take the book reading, yeah? The book reading it is.